And welcome to Stoked, episode 15. This, of course, being the Star Trek Online Podcast. My name is Brian. With me is Chris. Hey there, Brian. And Jeremy. Ah, yeah, hi. Yeah, How you doing, guys? You, know, <laughs> you guys feel like talking like a little bit of Star Trek Online today? Yeah, I think, that's a, not? I think that's probably a good we've idea. We've got a big show. All right, so coming up in today's show, we've got some new headlines to cover, and then we have got a great interview with Daniel Stahl from Cryptic. Fancy. And really? then we'll end the show on a high note with some couple of kind of really cool screenshots that have come out that we really haven't seen pretty much anywhere else, so kind of exclusives maybe. I, 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 also, I, I would like to actually start exclusive. the show off um, with one particular point. Okay, go um, I'm a little upset with the with the gentleman at crypt at cryptic um oh yeah jeremy has not yet been kicked out of closed beta oh that's true to the best of my knowledge yeah i thought we had an understanding gentlemen <laughs> we'll have to work a little harder yeah, we have to work a little harder with that if you're watching this please write into cryptic informing them of the many ways that Jeremy has violated his NDA for uh, closed beta. You just have to come up with a couple. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. Make him up. I don't little, care how much you have to lie. A little white Get lie. him out of beta. The ends always justify the means. You always know, now do. Now that you said that, Brian, I would feel kind of – that'd be kind of cool if I got kicked because then we know it was our audience making a difference. <laughs> that works for me. All as right. long as you lose <laughs> and I don't get kicked out, I'm totally fine with how we get there. Let's kick in, let's kick in the news here with our top story for this episode of Stoked. All right. Uh, it came out this weekend that we're recording this that Zachary Quinto, the uh, actor that now plays the new Spock and Siler from Heroes, will be the voice of Star Trek Online. Do we know exactly what the voice of no, Star Trek means? No, uh, I think it means probably a voiceover narration and now, things but, like but that. Now, could it, though, mean it's just like for commercials or something? It could mean. That's usually what they mean by saying the voice of. However, they've already got so many commercials, trailers, and, and footage but for we this. Don't, but maybe they're talking TV commercials. Right. That, that's what I'm thinking. That's possible. And this is big budget. In my, in my mind, this is, a, this is Atari really willing to throw some marketing money behind Star Trek yeah. Online. I mean, I think this shows their level of commitment because even if say say nothing about who they chose, it's definitely going to be uh, a cost that they're willing to spend. Yeah. And Zachary Quinto's cool. I mean, I mean, I'm not a big fan of this new J.J. Abrams reboot thing, but Zachary Quinto's good. I mean, they and he got, did a good job. Well, was, he's got to be. You got. He's got to yeah. be. As far as the reboot goes, he's got to be probably one of the better selections. You'd say, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, outside of Scotty, but yeah, but yeah. Simon yeah. Pegg yeah. would have been yeah. the one for us, dude. Yeah. Dude, cryptic. I bet you Simon Pegg would do this S for free. Yeah. That, that man is nerdy as hell. Yeah. Just He's call him up. end up playing it. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Just get him to do like tons and tons of random missions. Well, you know what you should make? You should make him. Now, I know I know he's Scotty in the new universe. What would be great is if you made Mud a main character oh, man. somehow. I, I know he'd be dead by now, but make Mud revitalized, played by Simon Pegg, and be involved in somehow every scripted mission. Mud like, was like Mud suspended just shows up in and animation. Talks to people. Like, yeah. you know, like somehow like he was in a sleeper pod like uh, Khan was in. Same kind of thing. Oh, that'd be great. Like a, like a quest. Oh, you yeah. go in and you go to like a, a, a ship and it's, <laughs> there's sleeper pods and you open oh. one up and you expect Khan to come out. Nope. It's Harry it's Mudd. Mud. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, played I by Simon Pegg. I, I hated Harry Mudd in the, in the original series. Oh, I thought it was a waste. Oh, seriously? Oh. But if he was played by Simon Pegg, I'm on board. So what didn't you like? You didn't like the fact that he was a womanizer? You didn't like the fact that he had no, something his story You didn't like the just, fact that he got stuck in, like, in this underground area of this planet with I all these androids? androids. Yeah. I just thought that his storylines were weak compared to the other ones. No, no, you know series. what? But did Harry, you hear what we just said? Robotic women. So, okay. okay. Oh. I want to I make this very, very clear. And everyone who watches Star Trek knows exactly what I'm talking about. Harry Mudd is rad. The problem with those episodes was the things that the other characters had to say and do yeah. around Harry Mudd. Like the one with the Maybe robot women, they were like, uh-oh, in order to 
confuse the robots, everyone acts silly. Be in and love. And so they spent like 17, 20 minutes just acting silly, and it was hard to yeah, watch. But Harry Mudd now, was awesome the whole time. Do you guys think that there's kind of like this... What are we talking about now? together? <laughs> Zachary Quinto. Um, oh, yeah. Now, he's going to be the voice of Star Trek Online, uh-huh. and it was Leonard Nimoy, the Spock Prime, that introduced Star Trek Online Dude, don't at say Las Vegas. Spock Prime. The Leonard Spock. Nimoy is just... Spock. That's all uh, there is also, to it, dude. Also, it was kind of done. You know, they announced Zachary Quinto at uh, the uh, Spike uh, Game Video Game Awards. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a big stage to do that. I mean, that's it's a real mainstream way to promote this game. I mean, it looks like you know. I oh, always yeah. kind of think of Star Trek as like this geeky thing that only a certain culture kind is of a into, niche market off center. Atari. I mean, I get this feeling that Atari is really going to go after um, the sort of mainstream public through the Video Game Awards, through mm-hmm. TV spots. With Zachary I like Quinto. it. I mean, I. I'm thinking this is going to be um, a big push. I hope so. It's a good sign. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Before we get to the interview, let's cover uh, just a couple of points of clarification. There's been details out that are... Uh... Somebody's phone is vibrating. Sorry about that. <laughs> details out now that are about... Um, the... And that is the problem with not putting your phone into airport mode before you start the show. <laughs> right. Uh, a couple of details regarding the exclusive features that different pre-orders come with. I'll just go over them real quickly because I know it's a little dry and we'll link to it in the show notes. Well, uh, one of the great things, though, is that uh, Cryptic now actually has a, a page on their site that combines yep. them all into a single place yep. that is and handy. links you to the vendors. So if you see um, which bonus you like, you can just go straight from there to the vendor and bam, you got it. You got it. All right. So um, just a couple bam, of quick ones. Is the ones uh, pop, a couple of popular ones for people watching the show. Steam. You're going to get a chromodynamic armor, which improves critical hits and damage of energy weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon, cool. you're going to get a liberated Borg bridge officer with unique nanotechnology augments. And then GameStop, you'll have an exclusive ship, the classic USS Enterprise, which is probably the best one out of all of yeah. them, I would say. I don't know. What do, you, what do you get at Best Buy? At Best Buy, you get the Pet Tribble or a Targ. Yeah, and that's based on which faction oh. you go with, yep. it sounds like. Yep. That just doesn't seem like enough to me. No, you need mm. more with that one. Yeah, you need more with well, that one. Uh, which Though one I do, do guys, like Pet Tribbles. Which one do you guys think you're going to get? Because I know which one I'm going for. Yeah, I see. I already, I did the the Amazon pre-order already. Yeah, that's so what I'm going to do. That's as well. that's yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I know that we have personally been pushing the Amazon because we've got an, a store affiliate an affiliate link. link. Yeah, yeah. But on top of that, this is the only one that I see as actually lasting to the end of the game. The rest of this is equipment that you'll probably get something mm. better. Interesting. Um, or, or a, a ship pet. that you're going to want to upgrade. Now, I do like pets though, but I mean, but yeah, you're probably not going to bust out the classic Enterprise down the road in the game because it's right. just not going to have the oomph you'll need. Right. Right. But uh, bridge officers can be trained along the way, so I really see that one last. That's a good point. Yeah. Now, I could see a lot of people doing the GameStop one to get that classic ship, though. But it's not going to last you. No, but I still think, I mean, there's there's a certain coolness there's to a, it. Yeah, I think yeah, people, people are going to do it. I almost wanted to just because, even mm-hmm. if it's only for like a few hours. I wanted to say, uh, well, let's roll the inter- interview here in just a second with Daniel. But one, one quick mention is uh, if you are an iPhone or an iPod Touch user, we have a stoked app in the uh, App Store. And in there, you can get download. You can download episodes right over 3G, so you don't have to be on Wi-Fi, which is nice if there's an episode that's come out while you're on the road and you want to listen to it or watch right. it on your way home. And then also, we're going to be putting exclusive content of behind-the-scenes productions in oh my. that app, and you can find those over at the iTunes Music Store, and we'll have a link in the show notes for the Stoked app for the iPhone and iPod that Touch. Is, that is too fancy, Chris. Absolutely. Too fancy. And you can always gift the app. A Stoked application makes the perfect Christmas or Hanukkah <laughs> gift. Or Hanukkah, yeah. All right. Man, you guys are so all-inclusive. <laughs> Let's go ahead and roll the interview with Daniel Stahl from Cryptic. 
All right, we're very excited because on the line with us today, we have from beautiful California, Daniel Stahl from Cryptic, and he is the producer of Star Trek Online. Daniel, welcome to the show. Awesome. I'm, I'm ecstatic to be here. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> you know, uh, for the uh, longtime viewers of Stoked, and I can say that because we've got 15 of those episodes now, uh, Daniel had the honor, the extreme privilege, I'm sure he's in- incredibly famous now because of it, um, <laughs> of starring in our PAX video of the Star Trek That's Online That's right. He was actually play. the first cryptic uh, employee that we got on camera that we managed to track down and corner. And we recorded on right. video that he let us record it and then got in trouble. But <laughs> yeah, I cut we, that we part. We go way back. Yeah. Yeah, we go back weeks. <laughs> but then we messed up and called him David. <laughs> yeah, well, we're kind of jerks <laughs> like that. My nameplate at work. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. They should probably go by what we say. I think that's probably fair. If you put it on the internet, it's, it's, it's the way it is. Um, so we have, re- we have compiled a list of questions here for you. So are you ready for the barrage of, of things we're going to be asking you? Absolutely. I will try and answer as few of them as possible. Okay. That's totally That's fair. where things go. Now, we'll kick off Jeremy. I, I, I want to give you guys some good information. Jeremy, right. has, uh, Jeremy has spent a lot of time postulating these questions, giving lots of deep thought to them. Um, I took 15 minutes last night and also jotted a couple of questions down. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Your questions are just off the cuff then. Yeah, that's usually how I roll. Uh, so, Jeremy, why don't you kick off with your first question? My first question is okay. in regards to the Gorn. Now, the fact that they, the, the mere fact that they exist in the game indicates that there's going to be some level of character creation that will include bestial or non, non-basic humanoid features. So I'm wondering... You said bestial. I know. So I'm wondering if there's going to be allowances in the character creator for non-standard races like like the Breen or um, oh yeah yeah or like cat people Cation or Kazenti yeah. uh, anything like that. So I think what you're going to see is uh, you know the Gorn are part of the Klingon Empire, and so you have to be a Klingon side to even use those character parts. So all the alien races are broken down into uh, their factions. So for example, Starfleet has certain. Uh, alien generation pieces that are available, and Klingons have the other the other half of that. So when it comes to uh, characters, you're not going to see like five arms, six leg uh, monsters. Everything's going to be humanoid, very true to, to sort of Star Trek. Uh, but you know, Star Trek is all about the face and the head, so you're going to see a lot of alien pieces available. Uh, you know, in that vein, and and the character team now they're getting close to launch. They're like, let's get in every possible thing that they can think of, and they're just going nuts. Yeah, there was a, a recent um, article with a whole bunch of shots from the character creator that really showed that off really well. Is it is it uh, um, correct to kind of? I mean, a couple of a couple of statements that have come out from Cryptic um, are kind of gleaning uh, a certain level of confidence. You know, uh, the uh, recent addition of bridges. You know, hey, you know, our our environmental team had a little extra time, so we went ahead and made the bridges. And now you're saying, well, the character creators, you know, they they're going ahead and they're they're going for it with the extra with the extra content for character creation. I mean, to me, it kind of sounds like things are probably going on a pretty good track. Yeah, you know, uh, in, in development of the game, you have certain stages that everyone needs to be sort of done. Uh, you know, obviously art has to be done before content can, can do a lot with that. So the artists are actually a little bit ahead uh, in terms of getting things onto the disc. And so a lot of the art, which is the big files that you're going to download, uh, we want to get as many of those onto the, the DVD as possible mm-hmm. so that you don't have a big patch. So uh, yeah, in that regard, a lot of those guys are... are you know they're they're moving ahead, and you know I think at 
both at launch and at 45 days, you're going to just see lots more stuff. Okay. You mentioned at 45 days. Is that an, uh, an actual benchmark you guys are aiming for, like a, a major content push or something? Yeah, I think, I think you know, with any MMO, what you're looking at is there are things that you, you have to get done for launch, but there's all this other stuff that you've been working on that you're sort of cutting because of time, uh, you know, because everyone's always ambitious about getting as much content in the game as possible. But a lot of that stuff is really very close to being ready. So I think what you're going to see is you're going to see the game launch, and then you're going to see uh, shortly after that you're going to see uh, an update with, with just lots of cool stuff. And then, you know, in true to cryptic fashion, you're going to see a lot of uh, updates over, over the year. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Now, speaking of content that uh, a lot of people are afraid is not ready, um, how much information can we squeeze out of you in regards to the Klingon faction? Um, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to give you a whole lot of that because we haven't uh, even let that out to the beta players. Uh, you know, maybe uh, soon we can, we can talk a little bit more about that. But I can answer, you know, some general dodge questions. Sure. Well, do we have an idea of the ships of the line that we're going to be seeing for the Klingons? You know, I think uh, what you're going to see, you know, obviously if you've seen the screenshots, anything that you've seen that's Klingon or Gorn or Noskin, any of that stuff that you've seen in screenshots, those are all in-game. And what we've done with the Klingons, and this is where I'll give you a little bit of information, I don't know what's what's been posted so far, but uh, with the Klingons, you're going to see... Uh, more variations on those ships. So you're going to see the Bird of Prey, but then you're going to see a lot of different variations. You know, showing off a little bit of the character creator, uh, character creator, there's also the ship creator, and that's where, you know, we already have discussed that you can, uh, you know, change your, your stanchions and your nacelles and all that kind of stuff. Well, the Klingons have, have a version of it. Mm. Okay, great. Okay. Now, are any of those customizations going to include uh, technology, like pieces from other ships? Like, will we see um, nacelles on a Bird of Prey that have a, a very... Gornish look to them. Oh, interesting. Well, I think what you're going to see is similar to the Federation in that you know you you want to stay within your class so that it's recognizable. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're going to be able to stick a Gorn engine on a on a bird of prey, but I think you're going to be able to take the different parts and the different eras of of class of ship, and you're going to be able to sort of kit bash within that class so that it's okay. still recognizable. Like a Negvar is a Negvar, but you're going to see different you know, different pieces and parts that you can sort of, you know, move around and make it look like it's yours. Was there a big pressure inside Cryptic to, um, I mean, was, I almost picture like some people on one side of the fence saying, let's go, let's let people go totally original with these starships. And I almost picture another camp saying, no, no, we need to stay as close to, you know, the Federation ships need to look like something you might see in a Star Trek movie or episode. Was there a battle internally at Cryptic or was it always, we're just going to stick to the Star Trek look? Um, you know, I don't think it's been a battle. I think it's really been about how much, you know, how far can we push it. Obviously, the very first thing we want to do is get all of the known ships in. There's just tons of those. Yeah. And, and so we want to get as many of those in as possible, and that makes sense. But then also, we do want to say, you know, let's show you something you've never seen before. So we've worked directly with CBS on coming up with ship designs that are sort of the next step of like, what are you, what's, you know, and you've started to see some of those screenshots coming out. Yeah, and actually at the beginning of one of the recent videos, there was a ship that I completely cannot identify at all. Do you, do you know which one I'm talking about? The really sleek? I think, I think so, yeah. The new, uh, I, I, yeah. Do you I know, know the class name? Um, I, I don't know it off the top of my head. Do you know if that's one of the originals that Cryptic has put in, or is that yeah. an Yeah, it looked original. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was very cool. It is. It was very streamlined. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right, so should we, should we maybe chat a little bit about let's shift gears and move on to ground combat what do you say sure now um what can you tell us about some of the there was a recent um mention and what was it a was it a cryptic news post or an interview where somebody mentions there's been some refinements to ground combat 
It was a Twitter from Zinc saying oh, okay. that the ground combat was was uh, getting a, an overhaul. I, I, so I guess there's been some improvements or tweaks that you guys have made to sort of to make it a little more engaging. Or what? Would, how would you describe the changes that have been made recently? Well, well absolutely. You know, and this is where the beta uh, players have just been awesome because you know when we play the game, we've been playing the game for so long. Uh, you know, we're 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 really good. <laughs> You're used to it, yeah. <laughs> and we're used to playing the combat, and you know, we can turn it up really fast and and get through you know a whole uh, a whole group of Klingons or Gorn or whatever we're we're fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not necessarily indicative of what players want. So uh, one of the things that we've been looking at uh, in beta is really what's the feedback we're getting and what can we do to address concerns. And some of the concerns are it's combat was just too fast. And not only that, but, uh, you know, we talk about there being a lot of tactics in Star Trek. And when you look at the ground in your away team, combat, I think, was just at a pace where you really, really had to know what you were doing in order to command your away team. It and so it wasn't fast. a whole lot of time to react. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so one of the things that we have uh, implemented recently, and we're, we're just starting to test in beta, uh, not necessarily a wholesale change to ground combat, but just how do we tweak it to make it more, uh, more tactical, more interesting? You know, there's all these powers and all these abilities that your bridge crew has uh, that you train up, but how can you, you know, slow combat down enough so that you have time to issue orders, uh, you know, right. to this guy and, and some of the things you see in other traditional RPGs. Uh, and, and so that's where most of our changes have been addressed right now. But then in addition to that, we're, you know, we're just trying to add more fun things like dodging and rolling and, and being able to, you know, go, go into different crouches. And a lot of that stuff, you know, we've always wanted to do, but it takes animation time to come up with all the different animations because, you know, there's, there's a difference between just firing your phaser and, you know, going into a crouch and, and running around like that. Mm-hmm. And because so we do a lot. Like, did you just, the Kirk roll is, is in the game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Double tapping will get you, will get you rolling around the, the maps. Pretty awesome. Oh, that's, that is a signature maneuver, isn't it? Yeah. I like that. The Kirk maneuver. Um, I think the one that I really want to see, and, and hopefully we'll get this in an update, is, is the, you know, the flying leap kick. The two-footed kick. The two-footed yes. chest. Yes, that is a classic. That would be great. Um, now, I know kind of moving on to the next topic of, uh, of Jeremy's pet topic that he wants to talk about. Why don't you go ahead and ask him about okay. one of the things that you've been, it's been on your mind, Jeremy. Go well, ahead and unload, uh, your sh- unload yourself with since this. Since I first heard about the Genesis engine, I've been very interested in just – uh, how capable it is, and um, should we mention what, what it is? Sure. Sure. I mean, would, you, would you give like a quick summary of what the Genesis engine is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the, so uh, absolutely. So, the Genesis engine. You know, strangely enough, it's it's named after the Genesis you see in Star Trek: Wrath of Khan. I love that. I mean, it, it's remarkably similar, and and the whole purpose behind Genesis for us uh, is it's a stepping stone uh, towards being able to make uh, content on the fly. And so for when we looked at the galactic map and said, you know, hey, there's a lot of stars in the galaxy, <laughs> and we really want you to be able to, you know, the whole concept of we really want to bring exploration into the game. But for a lot of the part, you know, when you look at the Star Trek episodes, you know, what was exploration? You know, it's mapping stars and, and looking at comets out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but how do you make all of that really interesting, and how do you make a lot of it? Really yeah, because that would take hours and hours of man time. Yeah, yeah. If you had to, you know, if you had to have an artist go in and say, "Okay, now make something different," <laughs> you know, at some point you're going to run into two problems. You're going to run into a: the artists are going to get tired of that, mm-hmm. and and b: you're just not going to be able to make enough uh, maps to or enough star systems to really make people uh, happy with it. Right, because so your player you base will devour content faster than yeah. you can make it. 
So we, we thought about that and how can we stay ahead of that curve and, and the Genesis system is our way of rapidly generating a lot of star systems um, that we can then put missions in. Uh, so for example, the, the big benefit is that, you know, we can, it's almost like a, you know, internally we even kind of look at it as like a Mad Lib, right? So it's like, hmm. I would like there to be, uh, you know, in this star system, it's it's got this big yellow sun and, and it's got this big lush green planet and there's an asteroid belt and there are Gorn attacking a freighter and you have to save the scientists, right? You fill that out in a form and you say, okay, let me see what that looks like. And and within minutes, you have that system up and playable and you can go in and look at it and say, hey, this is kind of cool, but you know what would be better if it was Nausicaa? And so you, you kind of just switch it off redo it and then what that allows you to do is come up with a lot of variations of what you like to play and then uh you know we just generate you know thousands that's pretty cool so ideally the ultimate goal of this is to be able to just like you said generate full interactive content on the fly i think that's uh, something that you know we've done with uh, city of heroes in in the day uh with newspaper missions i think we're trying to go a step beyond that and, and trying to figure out you know how can we make it uh you know, more interesting because with those missions, a lot of the time, one of the biggest challenges we've had with Genesis is how do we make a multi-tiered episode out of it? You know, how do you have part A go to part B and part C right, yeah. right. have all meshed together so that you can have, you know, these sort of detailed missions that are, that are sort of generated on the fly. So that, I think that's something that we're working towards and, and something that we're going to continue to try and improve. Okay. Great. So just, uh, so is it, is Genesis engine something that happens on the back end and then you populate Star Trek Online with content, or is it something that actually generates something on the fly based on parameters when a player enters a system? It's really uh, a tool for internal designers to rapidly develop, uh, you know, systems. So the art, you know, we have a huge library of, of assets, and it generates the map for them quickly, and they can decide, do I want to use this, yes or no? And That's they, really cool. Yeah. So then you get kind of best of both worlds because if you're generating in house, you get the you get the efficiency that 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 gives you, but then also someone can sit there and look at it first before yeah. it goes out to the public. Right. It has exactly. a human veto power. I like that. Yeah. That's a great use of that technology, and of course, I just love it because of the name. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right. So we have. Some questions that have come into um, our uh, forum. Okay. A lot of people that are not big MMO players, but they're big Star Trek fans, want yeah, to want to try out Star Trek Online. So the question is: Is what kind of learning curve do you expect new people to an MMO type game to have to go through to play Star Trek Online? Um, you know, we've looked at that, and part of the you know part of the draw of Star Trek Online is the fact that it is set in the Star Trek universe, mm-hmm. and so we we expect that a lot of people are simply going to see that and say, "Ooh, I want to make a." I want to make my own alien, right? I want to go fly around on a starship. Uh, so one of the things that we've done is we have taken the approach that we need to make things simple so that people can uh, not have this huge tutorial barrier into how, how, to, how all the details work, right? right? You can't just put someone on a bridge with all the, the UI and all the buttons. And, you know, there's a lot of depth to Star Trek combat, and we wanted to simplify that. So you're going to see things such as, a quick and easy way to do, for example, firing your phasers. You can fire all your phasers with spacebar if you want to. Um, but for those that want the detail, you can actually map keys. You can set power levels individually. So we've staggered sort of the difficulty level to certain things so that the people that want the depth can unlock that and they can, they can set all their UI up the way they want. But for the average player, we, we just really want it to be fun to play and, and easy. And, and really, we want them to have fun. So are you saying... Do you mean when you say set the power level, do you mean like you could have phaser bank one be at 80% power and phaser bank two at 100% power? It's, it's more uh, the different parts of your ship. So, you know, oh, okay. there, 
there's engines and shields yeah, and okay. weapons and defense. And so, you know, you can actually have presets and you can go back and forth sure. between those. Um, and that's actually supposed to have a pretty big role in the game is toggling between your different power presets for attack or for speed, right? Yeah, I think, you know, the the hardcore player is going <laughs> is going to write thesis on that kind of stuff you're going to see <laughs> you're going to see websites devoted to power level presets you're going to get mathed <laughs> yeah, yeah. That though, uh, you know what though? It's something you hear in Star Trek. You know, divert auxiliary power to the shields. I mean, that's yeah. that's like classic Star Trek. So it makes Absolutely. perfect sense to have it integrated into the Star Trek game. But you know what? On that topic, can you give us mm-hmm. a, a clearer definition of what exactly the auxiliary power actually does for your ship? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I hopefully I get this right, and Al doesn't doesn't shoot me. Uh, but uh, auxiliary power, the way I use it, you know, I, all my power is always in my weapon, so that's that's always sketchy when I talk about <laughs> auxiliary. But uh, auxiliary, uh, you know, it's done different things. We, we've we've messed around with it, but there are certain parts of your ship. You know, you've got your weapon slots, you've got your engines, you've got your deflector dish uh, and shields, and they all sort of key off of different power. Pre, uh, power parts. So, for example, weapons obviously draw from your your weapons power. Uh, things like your deflector dish and your turn radius and certain powers that use auxiliary uh, need need higher levels of pre, uh, power there. So, the more power you put into auxiliary, for example, certain uh, science powers are going to work better. And basically, it just ups the numbers for what what they can do. So, just like putting extra power into your weapons will probably make you hit harder. Putting them yeah. into auxiliary will make your Things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah things to be more powerful. So you know, so let's say, uh, and and one of the it things also affects maneuverability. Maneuverability is one of them. Yes. Yeah. So auxiliary power allows you to you know have a little bit better turn radius. Um, you know, if, if all your power is going away from your yeah, engine, yeah. away from auxiliary, engines is sort of like speed, total speed forward. But auxiliary is really that that fine tuning, turning, and banking. Oh, okay, that's great to know. Um, I had a question kind of along the lines of power, but you know, one of the things we mentioned like two episodes ago, we covered uh, there was um, some conversation regarding there's a crew indicator. Now, can you kind of go over the crew indicator and it, is there dead crew and injured crew and no crew? How does that work? Uh, so yeah, crew crew is an interesting concept, and and again, this is where. We have looked at Star Trek, and we instead of just you know making an MMO and then saying, oh yeah, that's that's your crew. Like we actually looked at like what is the purpose of crew on a starship, and what are the what are the effects of not having crew do to you? And you know, a lot of episodes you'll see things like you know half the crew's injured and sick bay's full, and they're limping along, and and that's kind of what we're trying to emulate with that. So you'll see as you take certain types of hull damage. Uh, your crew is going to become injured, and you may even lose crew. And so from that point, uh, it's really an efficiency rating. And so when you think about all the things that your ship does, it's really based on the efficiency of your crew. And so the more crew that you have available, the more efficient uh, you're at. So you think if everyone's, you know, if everyone's at work and no one's sick, and uh, you know, you're going to get a lot of efficiency out of that. <laughs> now, can we also assume that that will go into being used for powers like uh, boarding parties and I think they've mentioned yeah. somewhere that you can use your crew to heal other ships. Yeah, so, you know, oh. when, you, when you send shuttles, uh, you know, as a boarding party, uh, you're sending crew. And so you're, you're sacrificing a little bit of your ship's efficiency to, to do an effect. And, and in essence, I, in fact, I get accused of this all the time because in a, in a team, you know, that other team members might be sending shuttles over to ships. And if you blow up that ship, those crew are gone. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I've Love been that, accused <laughs> of uh, being a little bit aggressive and uh, taking out, you know, friendly fire. I mean, I like the idea of, you know, maybe a, maybe coming across the Klingon shuttle or something and blowing that up and just the oh, satisfaction. Absolutely. That, absolutely. Can you do that? Can you target the incoming shuttles? Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Awesome. <laughs> I just like the idea of like, ah, take that Klingons. Now you're just a little less efficient, jerks. Especially, you know, <laughs> it, it, the worst thing is, you know, you send out some shuttles and then someone does a huge AOE photon spread and you're like, oh, there goes half the crew. Yeah, oh, man. Or a warp core breach or something like that. Going into sort of, I've made a lot of comments on Stoked about how I feel like I come across little things that just perfectly fit in the Star Trek universe. Like if I was to watch, if I was to travel in time, uh, 30 years in the future and turn on a Star Trek episode, that's what they would be, that's what they would have. And I wondered, did, did going into this, did Cryptic just like launch a massive research project and go identify all the little different Star Trek bits and say, okay, we can use this in game, we can use this? Or was there just like, in, in a, like a built in, like just knowledge set of Star Trek when they started on the game? I mean, an example would be we just saw a, a trailer for Starbase 24 yeah. came out, and Starbase 24 involves a Klingon battle. And in Star Trek, the TV show and movie, Starbase 24 is in the Kittimer section where the Federation and the Klingons sign the Kittimer Accords. So it fits perfectly that there'd be a Klingon battle at where the Federation and the Klingons sign the Kittimer Accord in Star Trek 6. So I'm wondering, I mean, is that just like one of these really lucky things that somebody just happened to know, or was there a huge amount of research that you guys undertook to get this stuff right? Uh, you know, what's it, I, great question. And uh, in terms of how much research did we do when we we're making the content of the game, um, I think you're, you're going to be happily surprised that uh, we did a lot of research and we look at the Internet constantly. And that's the wonderful thing about Star Trek that I love is you can look up anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's got its own Wikipedia for, yeah, it does. for all intents and purposes. So not only do you have reference shots of just about everything, uh, but there's also just a tremendous amount of information that's been posted online. And so when, when making our content, you know, we actually look at what's in the sector, what's nearby, uh, you know, who the antagonists are, what would make sense. And even some of the storylines that you're going to see in episodes are, are directly related to what should be going on in that sector. So it's not like we, we said, okay, we're going to make a Klingon zone and, you know, just, you know, hey, we got a Starbase battle. What should that be named? No, it was very deliberate. I like it. I mean, it's awesome because it's little, it's little gems like that that I know when I'm coming across in the game, and it's gonna, it'll click, and I'll just be like, oh, that. Awesome. And you know, just like you were saying, it, uh, if you just name the Klingon battle whatever you wanted, it wouldn't matter to most normal MMO players, but the right. Star Trek fans, it's a little nod, really, will notice yeah. and will appreciate Absolutely. it. So yeah. you don't lose anything by doing the extra research. <laughs> now let's talk a little bit about about <laughs> keeping in line with all you know. You mentioned all the all the stuff that's online. There's memory alpha and all this stuff. It, 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 do you think, in your opinion, is is cryptic as a company ready to be integrated into this? I don't know. I don't know if I want to call it a community, but let's just say rabid disease fan base, <laughs> insane <laughs> zombie fan base that is Star Trek. I mean, you've got the conventions. You have one time, one off guest appearance actors who now get to go to conventions for thirty years. I mean, is cryptic do, in, internally? Is the company prepared to be involved in this space? Absolutely. You know, we we love it. We're already at the conventions, so uh, we're we're you know honored to be part of that. And really, ultimately, you know, there's been a lot of fiction that's come out about Star Trek, and there's been a lot of books, and, and just what you, whatever you want to, you know, look up, there's a lot of information. And when you're talking about adding to that universe, it's really up to the fans as to what they accept. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, going back to doing the research and making sure it makes sense is very critical because you could very easily 
uh, just make stuff up uh, that players would go, oh, that, that's not right. Right. <laughs> they would never do that. Uh, and really, the more research and, and, you know, the more you stay true to what's known, the more accepted it becomes. And so that's kind of what we're hoping. And, it, and it's really just up to the fans and the players to make that decision. And, and we just hope that they, they approve of what we've done. Do you think that initial fan the infusion to the game is going to be primarily the fan base and it's do you think do you think that could make or break the overall long-term success of the game or do you think is there sort of a master plan to branch beyond the star trek fan base because i know you could almost probably say the majority of a star trek fan base came on that would play the game and they had something good to say that is going to spread virally right there and that would almost be your own marketing campaign so what happens if there's a if there's some bad reaction not that i from everything i'm seeing i don't think there's going to be but has there been a what if discussion no, there really hasn't. If anything, what, we, what we're constantly struggling with is the fact that, you know, this is a game that has video specs, <laughs> you know, and you have to have a certain amount of hardware. Yeah. And, and so from an MMO perspective, you know, this is a video game and you have to have certain requirements in order to play it. And we really think that, you know, looking at the MMO market, it's changed a lot in the last five years. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to be smart, and obviously we, we want this to be a huge success. And so when we look at all of the, all of the foundations of what it needs to, to do to stay around, we look at things like we, we think most of the players that play MMOs are just going to check it out. I, I think as a gamer myself, I certainly check out just about anything that comes out. Mm-hmm. And it really boils down to whether you enjoy your experience and whether you sort of get into it and stick around and continue. Yeah. And I think there's going to be that contingent. But then I do think you're right. I think there's going to be a very, you know, Trek fan base that is just going to want to see what this is. And they're going to want to, you know, they're going to spend hours in the character creator, right. uh, you know, making aliens and they're going to walk around Starbase. And, you know, whether or not they get into the combat or the missions, we hope that they get sucked in and, and really start to enjoy themselves and maybe try something that they haven't done before. So uh, this was going to segue off the Klingons. I don't want to just let it go, though. Um, <laughs> PVP content uh, on the Klingon. Just Klingons, the, you know, Federation can PVP too. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Now, are there going to be? Uh, we've mentioned a few different uh, PVP systems in the game. Are one of those set aside for the uh, opportunity for dueling other Federation players? Yeah. So I think what what you know the reason why um, we haven't talked a whole lot of PVP is because we're still uh, working out all of our queue system tech. You know, we're just trying to make it work internally. We have a lot of internal play tests for PvP. Mm-hmm. And, and so in terms of the different types, uh, one of the things that we're really trying to focus on is making sure that you have the ability to play the kind of PvP that you like to play. And so making a robust queue system, you know, anyone can just, you know, set your faction and say, you're the enemy, you guys can fight. Uh, you know, it's actually making it a little bit more uh, objective-based and making it so that you can set up the kind of PvP that you want to play. Sure. Uh, so I think of, you know, other, when, you know, we looked at other, all the other sort of games that do this, you know, whether it's Counter-Strike or Halo or what, whatever, you know, there's the ability to kind of set the map that you like to play, the settings, you know, what's the objectives, uh, all that kind of stuff. We, want, we really want to have that robust of a system. So you, It seems like you guys are really in favor of an objective-based PvP on, on every front. You don't just want random frag fests. Well, you know, I think what we want is we want the players to play the kind of PvP that they like. Oh, okay. So, and so it, it really boils down to giving them all the options that are available. So if you think of, you know, setting up any sort of, um, you know, for lack of a better word, first-person shooter, uh, you know, PvP map, you know, there's all these kind of settings. Like, it, mm-hmm. 
it just a free for all? Is it team based? Is it is it this or that? You know, we, we want you to be able to have the the map options and the PvP options to allow you to do that. So you know that's that's the the tech that we're we're testing and we're working on, just trying to make it make it right. You know, and so the that, plan is to allow that to be both uh, inside the same faction and faction versus faction. Yeah. So, for example, you can say this is a you know Fed v Mirror Fed uh, battle. Um, mirror fed, I like that. <laughs> oh wow! Oh yeah. So, uh, it could be, you know, something like that, or it could just be, you know, war games, or it could be Klingon, you know, Klingon on Klingon action, uh, and yeah. so we want all those settings to be be there so that you can do that. Now that's that's the Q system, but you know, I think obviously you're going to see with Klingon play is it, it gets a little bit more detailed than that for right. that. There's been mention of house versus house battles. Um, now are these going to be set up as um, sort of like fleet wars? Um, I, I can't give a whole lot of details on that because I think they're still working out a lot of those details. It's, it's coming soon to beta, mm-hmm. and we're going to get some beta feedback on how it actually works because we want it to be true to what players want. Okay. Um, I think what you're going to see is that for the Klingons, you know, they have to um, they have to progress through this system. You know, that's mm-hmm. how they level up, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's it's going to be a little bit different. You know, you can't just tell a Klingon, your objective is to go explore the galaxy and bring back, you know, meet new cultures. Yeah, that's not yeah. <laughs> right. Not really on top <laughs> on the priority list. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, you, you rescued some hostages. Here, rank up. No, it's, they have a completely different wow. objective system. And so, will there be uh, options to explore some of that PV, PVE content on the Klingon side, or will it be very primarily focused on it's the primarily PVP. You know, you have, to, you have to shoot things in order to level up as a Klingon. All right. That's cool, though. I mean, that makes sense. That fits well with that type of character. Mm-hmm. So, so, but that means that there's no um, like on the Federation side. We know that we've got um, seasons of content with episodic content um, thrown in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not something that we're going to be seeing on the Klingon side of things. I think we're we're looking at um, making it really just based on PvP right now. All right. Okay. Now, does that um, introduce any fears about this being in, uh, compared to things like uh, Lord of the Rings? Um, Online has a, a version called Monster Play, yeah. which is just basically uh, after you reach a certain point in your advancement, you're allowed to roll up a monster, and it's just solid PvP content all the way. Um, is it going to be more than that on the Klingon side, or is that a pretty accurate? Comparison? No, I think it's going to be more than that because you know you have a you have your full skill tree and your full ranks to go through. It's it's not just uh, you know it's not just you get to play this monster and you get a couple powers, right? It's it's more like you're a full character and you start out as a as as a certain rank and you have to perform a certain amount of missions and make a you know it's just as robust a, a power tree system. So the only so, real difference is the content you're pointed towards. Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. All right. Now I've got one last question before we hang up on you, Daniel. <laughs> that would be uh, Oh yeah. I got a I got to rib you a little bit uh, because I read an interview with you on for Champions Online when that was coming out, and uh, yeah. one of the things you were looking forward to was the Xbox 360 version of the game. And yeah. I wanted to just say, any news on that front at all for for Star Trek Online? I know it's kind of in the finances between companies and things like that. That's what we've heard. But is there any other any kind of update on the 360 console version of Star Trek Online? Well, you know, Star Trek uh, is a PC game. Uh, at launch, just like Champions was. But I think what you really need to be uh, looking out for is uh, watch for Champions on, on console 
uh, see how that goes. And that's going to give uh-huh. you an idea of what we're planning uh, for, you know, basically all our games. I mean, we want to make it uh, as available as possible, and we certainly have the tech to make it work on consoles. So it's, it's really just a matter of uh, the timing it takes to, to get all those different versions made. So. so there are still very solid moving forward plans of, of getting champions onto the console. I, yes, I believe so. I think you're going to see champions on consoles. Great. All right. Okay. Well, did you have anything else before we uh, let this guy get back to work? Actually, I wanted. I was wondering, do you have your guitar nearby? Because I would love to hear the <laughs> ultimate Klingon. <laughs> uh, you know, they they keep ribbing me to record that. Uh, <laughs> well, it, uh, maybe maybe that's going to be on the DVD. You never know. <laughs> that would be a little bonus content. There. I'll buy the collector's edition. Yeah. put that on there. There so. you go. All right, Daniel. Well, this has been a, uh, a bunch of uh, great information, and we yeah. wanted to say thanks for taking a little time out of your day to join us on Stoked. You're hey, the no first problem. official cryptic interview we've had on the show. So that's a thank once you very again. Much. You guys are doing great work. Thanks, guys. Okay, and a big thanks to Daniel for joining us. Uh, Jeremy uh, followed up with Daniel after the interview to that's clarify right. one Klingon point. What was that? We got a lot of good info about the Klingons, but I wanted to follow up because I forgot to ask him this. I wanted to know if Klingons are going to have access um, to the Genesis content, the randomly generated yep. stuff. Uh, his response to me was basically not at launch, but it is definitely something that they uh, intend to include, even if the randomly generated content is going to be combat only. They uh, do want to ha- be able to, to roll right. that out. And I, uh, my understanding is, is I think we've all been talking talking about um, the Genesis, Genesis content as like a planet, like beam down. Like right. whenever we talk about it, I always just picture like a, like a land mission. Well, because it's based on the technology that created planets. But I guess, they're also, they're, I guess, I guess in a way that's kind of an a unofficial confirmation that there's also going to be um, space, con- space content generated right. via Genesis, yeah. which is interesting enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, the last thing we want to talk about in this episode is we always like to end on a high note. Unless there was anything else before we jump into the screenshot. No, no, I think a high note would be great. All right, yeah. so Jeremy yeah. went around. We're, you know, usually Dude, every week really? we do an episode of Stoke, <laughs> really? there's, a, there's a bunch of screenshots posted online. Usually, you know, we have, like, so many screenshots to go through, it's like we don't even get to show them all, and we yeah. throw them in the credits. It's ridiculous. This week, not a, we didn't come across a ton of screenshots. There were actually no articles that were just, hey, we have some new screenshots, check them out. Well, the we, are, we, are, we, got were, we are hitting at the end of closed beta here. Yeah, and, and it's kind of going into the holiday season. the holiday season. I don't know, I think the next two weeks is probably going to be quiet time. Yeah. yeah, they're probably, anybody that's uh, in the press is probably going to be holding on I to mean, their info so they can roll out big batches when open yeah. hits. We've already seen a massive slowdown in the uh, in the beta leak information being sent to us. I mean, yeah. it's pretty much no nothing new has been sent our way. Nothing. nothing new. So it's like they're, they're, there's a certain point where there's a content satura- saturation of what's been out there is out yeah. there now. We kind of hinted that we might have been hitting that point last week, but yeah. it seems to definitely be the case this right. time around. Let's talk about some of these screenshots because this first one I'm looking at here is from Eurogamer, mm-hmm. and they've got a great shot of a Gorn ship. I'm pretty sure that's a Gorn ship, yeah. yeah. And the Gorn um, you know, are definitely something that is uh, the way, if you read the, 20, the Path 2049, the Gorn are, are in Star Trek Online in a big way because they're working now in conjunction with the Klingons. Right. And according to the Path 249, which is kind of like the lead up to where Star Trek Online takes place, mm-hmm. is the Klingons and the Gorn go through a, um, a, a, a side war up to 2049, and by the time we hit 2049 where Star Trek Online takes place, the Chris, Gorn and the Klingon are already working together. It's 2409. You keep saying 2049. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Definitely not 2049. It's 20, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 2409. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's a good point of clarification. That's a little bit of a difference there. Dyslexia is awesome. So now, so now the Klingon and the Gorn are working together, so usually when you're fighting uh, a Gorn, that's because they're on the Klingon side. So right. It's kind of an interesting dynamic, and here's a great some, shot of a Gorn this ship. This is something also that goes back to what Daniel mentioned in the interview, that we won't have um, ships like from the Orions and Gorns at launch. But this shot really looks like it's shot from the Gorn point of view. 
Um, uh, this might be a hint that there is already some internal playtesting on alternate ships. Oh, crap. Good point. Yeah, because you're yeah. not looking at it from the Federation. Now, you could be the Federation ship zoomed out in the camera. Yeah, yeah it could just be a fancy camera. You could still accomplish that, that screenshot. That's a yeah. that, very interesting point, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so moving on, we've got a shot of a pretty cool-looking engine room. Now, uh, these are no, little... I don't think that's a, an engine room. I think what we're looking at here is actually a hamster cage um, where yeah. the hamsters can move Run in those tubes. Like, yeah. Or those photonic hamsters. Or those really hamsters, cool yeah. Chinese restaurants that have the really cool oh, fish tank. Oh, with the fish yeah. tank in the yeah. tube? I think that's what this is. And Now, I mean, we've, we've talked about this in the past. There's always an aquarium or something aboard a big ship, right? <laughs> right, absolutely. So I think this is space hamsters. Yeah, and you know what? Who's to say what the different fi- the fish out in space need? That could be space hamsters that need some sort of special thing or special space fish. It could, let, yeah. me, let me ask you guys Space this. hamsters might need something if different. You were, if you were a totally awesome space fish and you had the option of having, like, incandescent, like, purple water oh, or just well, normal stupid down. water, you hands go down. for the purple water. Hands down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, now I'll have to apologize. Cause these are not full resolution images. A lot of times when uh, they put do a big uh, screenshot push to the different news outlets, they're usually like HD resolution. Yeah, these are a little yeah. smaller, so they might be a little fuzzy, but they're still. I mean, they're just they're great still shots. good looking images. Now, yeah. uh, this this shot. Uh, I don't who. What website is this? Juice? It's French. I don't know how to. Jules. Jules online. Jules online. Great shot. Beautiful shot. Uh, and. They're fighting. Yeah. These are Klingon, you know, uh, birds of prey. Right. And you notice the uh, phaser shots. Notice Some of them how they're, are they're they're very Klingon-like because they come out of that cannons mounted on the wings of the bird yeah. of prey. Yeah. And they're 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 phaser bursts. Looks really. great. Yeah. And then you've got off in the background too. You've got a Kling, uh, Klingon is either getting about to get hit or has shot a photon torpedo that has that red sparkle. To yeah. It. You know, I love the photon torpedoes. They look very much um, like something that you would have seen in like uh, in Star Trek fives or, or yeah. Star no, Trek no. Six. I'm pretty confident yeah. that that they they actually targeted that explosion and fired. It looks yeah. like it. Case, yeah. It definitely looks yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Now the next shot is a great interior shot. We haven't been able to show a lot of interior shots. This one here is probably like a star base or something like that. It's Quark's bar. And uh, it, it does kind of have a little bar look to it because there's like lunch tables down there. And this, this guy's up on the second right. Yeah, he's up on the second level. And uh, you've got alien plants off in the background. It's very I cool. I that's not Quark's. It doesn't look Cardassian enough. No, it looks Federation <laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah it, it does. does. It kind of has, you know that blue, gray, and red? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's very, very Federation. Federation. Yeah, it's yep. very Federated. And then our last screenshot is also from, or do you want to say something more about that screenshot? No, it was just blue, gray, and red is red, white, and blue in another order. Whoa. If you think about it. Whoa. Whoa. America. Is that, wait, is that guys, color math? America. <laughs> that might be you just color, got color math. math. <laughs> Boom. All right. All right. Our last screenshot here is a sovereign class. Um, <laughs> and it's, I don't even know what kind of, maybe Borg, maybe some sort of modified Borg ship. I mean, whenever I see green, I jump to Borg, but that's. I know that green like is, is a common color of both the Gorn and the, and the Orion as yeah. well, though, so it's hard to tell. Oh, really. maybe it is Orion. People or like something. their green. Yeah. yeah. Glowing green is always cool. Yeah, like neon green, it's, I think, it's means the bad shiznit, guys. Yeah. And you notice the planet that here Christ. in the background. That's a planet, and you've got those structures on the surface of the planet. I love that attention to detail yeah. where there's like some sort of buildings down there. It's very mm-hmm. cool looking. Yeah, it's very cool. All right, guys. Well, um, that's all the screenshots we have because that's, that's it's, it. it's been a light week. So just, a, yeah. just a quick dose of it. Just there a, might have been a, uh, another screenshot or two within the articles that we'll link in our show notes. Yep. Um, yeah, check yep. them out. There yeah. might be something cool in there. That in fact, there, there actually are a couple, but they're nothing so new that we thought we should show. But if, right, if you just got to get More all the screenshots. Shots and, yeah, if I know there's people out there that are sitting around waiting for their closed beta invite or just waiting for the open beta. They're trying to consume all of the visual stuff they can, and there's more in those show notes. So Yeah. There you have it. 
All right. Well, does that wrap up this episode of Stoked? Probably. I'm done. Well yeah, done, gentlemen. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody, so much for watching this episode of Stoked. Just a reminder, it comes out every Tuesday over at jupiterbroadcasting.com. And you can subscribe to our RSS feeds over there at Jupiter Broadcasting to get this show weekly in various different formats that you might want to enjoy it when it comes out. How right. very fancy. You want to tell them how to get in touch with us? No. Oh, yes. You can no, email not us. really. Tips at jupiterbroadcasting.com oh, yeah. for some tips related to Star Trek Online. Or if you'd like to interact with the community, head over to jupitercolony.com. That's a forum. It's a forum. There's a section in there just for stoked. Yeah. How fancy is that? All right, guys. We'll see everybody. I love the internet. Next, next week. week. All right. Ciao. Later.